Yo. Let's get it, man. Let's get back in this box. Peace. Peace. What's good with this Monday for all of you individuals that's not aware of what day it is after this weekend. Right. You said there was a lot going on this weekend and have a motherfucker want to drink and forget where they was at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already know what it is. Welcome to the Push Positive Podcast, episode 60. Man, let's Welcome go. The last listeners. episode the last episode of season two, man. Thank y'all, long-term listeners, short-term listeners. This is a milestone for me and Provoc, man. So thank y'all very much. Absolutely. Much appreciated. You know, we absolutely appreciate it. But like you said, it was a long weekend. Which how was your Monday? Did you did you feel rejuvenated? Did you recover? What what was you feeling like today? Yeah, man, I was good, man. I was good. I had a great weekend. I know that, you know, most of the, the stuff we did transpired on Saturday. So Sunday was kind of a chill day for me, man. Watched some excellent football games though and, and, and really just we just sat back, man, and enjoyed the end of the season for what it is, man. That's that's the bittersweet thing about the playoffs. You know, you kind of get into the point where you're seeing who the best teams are and what teams choke <laughs> Green Bay Packers. But, um, you know, it's just good to see, you know, some good football, and it's coming to an end, man. So that's what's up with me, man. But how about you, man? How was your Monday? How you bounce back? Monday was good, man. Actually went into the office. You know how it is. I, the- I work up. I work amongst the green and gold, so I think it's the county that I work at is like ninety percent Green Bay Packer fans. So, oh yeah, uh, and then it's a mixture of uh, Viking fans and Detroit and Lions fans, fans Bears so, fans. <laughs> and so, uh, but the majority is Packer fans. So they they were sad, and you know most of them was talking talking shit last week. You know, yeah. I kept it to a minimum and just let them have they had their moments, but. I walked around for a little bit today, and, you know, the office was unusually empty. <laughs> so, you know, they were trying to avoid seeing me because they know they know how I give it up, so, right. especially for the ones that be talking shit. It ain't, it ain't to everybody because I don't – it is what it is, but I do it – I definitely go after the ones that be talking that shit throughout the nah, season, man. the individuals <laughs> that was talking shit last week. And I think that's what really, you know, <clears> set cats <throat> up. Is that you not one of the kind of guys who be like, no, no, we didn't beat y'all the last four divisional times we met y'all. Ooh, you don't even take it there. You don't even take it to the football stats. You be like, all right, okay. Uh, do y'all really want to see us though? And they be looking in the back of they be thinking in the back of their mind, like, fuck no. <laughs> and and it just proved once again, man, that two things. One, and I ain't got nothing against Aaron Rodgers in the in the in the, in the regular season. I think he's probably one of the best dudes I've seen play in the regular season. But it don't matter if it don't translate into the postseason, man, because that's where you get your greatness and your and your goatness from. So I don't want nobody else talking about Aaron Rodgers is the goat because he can't get past the divisional round. Yeah, you know? and, it, so, and it absolutely counts for your legacy. Yeah. Now it doesn't take away from your talent. It doesn't mm-hmm. take away from your numbers, and it don't take away from any of your accomplishments that you achieve through the season. However, when we're talking about longevity. And legacy, yeah, it definitely takes away for those two things. Yeah, because like, at the end of the day, those are the things you're gonna be remembered for. And regardless of how great he is during the season, anybody that's anti Aaron Rodgers is not gonna have fuel for the fire for the rest of his lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Because now he would have to go. With the Packers. He would have to go and completely wash out all of these times that he's lost. So that means he would have to go to at least five more NFC or AFC championships, depending on where he lands, because I don't believe he's going to return to the Packers and win (laughs) all.
all of them in order to wash it out or make it even. Right. You at least have to go to five, you know what I'm saying, to wash out the five that he lost that is in recent memory. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't see it happening, but it's going to be a part of his legacy. And people yeah. are going to talk about that along with the great things that he did, which that's just a part of sports. No, nah, I mean, and I get that, man. And then we can get into the show after this, but I get that. But, you know, and, and I think about, you know, and, and, and I'm not anti Aaron Rodgers, and I really think that Green Bay sport or Wisconsin sports in general have a tendency to snuff folks out and not really allow them to be their, their fullest potential for whatever reason, whether it's the management or whatever, coaching or whatever. But I do know that right now Matthew Stafford is showing the world that he's always been this guy. He's just been in Detroit. So whether they go any further than where they've been right now, he got his first ever playoff win the other day against one of the greatest that we've seen, Tom Brady. And, you know, he can at least say that. Because before that, he never had a playoff win. And he wanted the best quarterbacks to never have one. So he got one right. yesterday. Not saying that mean a whole lot. But I do know that that's something that was very elusive for Matthew Stafford. And maybe all it takes is a change of scenery. Because if them boys beat the 49ers after getting beat the last four times they played them, then that proves that the playoffs really matter. And that's what Aaron Rodgers hasn't proven to us. Absolutely. It's definitely going to matter. And and I believe that's that's a great point. We talked about Stafford before that he's always been on a losing team. And I don't care what nobody say. If you've ever played on a losing team or been on more than one losing team, that shit hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit hurt. And for him to be on that team for as long as he was and to withstand all the heat that he was taking, win or lose, he was taking the heat and the responsibility regardless of if it was his fault or not. Right. For all of those years with the Lions, you got to you gotta give it up for him. You got to – you know what I'm saying? Give props to a guy that, that got heart like that and played for a team that obviously wasn't doing well and they have no plans on doing in, well anytime in the future. <laughs> so <clears throat> so you, you definitely got to give props to an individual that played for a losing establishment for that long and, and went out there and gave it his all every time that he went and played. And everybody that know him, that played on the team with him, and that actually competed against him, they know this guy had heart. And it speaks to his character, and most most guys can attest to that. Right. No, nah, man, it, it's crazy, you know. And like I said, let's let's hop into the black excellence after this. But um, it's crazy to say that because I always thought that that dude, and Dominican Sue, the the defensive uh defensive line person, I always yeah, yeah. thought he was like a dirt ball my whole life for whatever reason. I just didn't like dude. No matter what team he played for, it just seemed like he wasn't a, a high quality character. So yesterday when I saw him go after Matt Stafford get up talking shit to him and get an unsportsmanlike conduct flag against this guy. Him and Matt Stafford was the only two motherfuckers on the Lions that people knew. Right. They were supposed to be close friends. Like, they was really in a locker room. Like, he was the defensive captain and Matt Stafford was the, the offensive captain for the most part. So to see him arguing with that dude like that and going at him like that, it's like, damn, bro, you really is a dirt ball. Like, I always thought you were, <laughs> but you for real is a dirt ball. Like, how you He's, arguing with this guy? You said he cemented it last night, huh? Like, no, yeah. you're an official dirt ball. Like, I knew he, you was. He, and I don't know, man. He just one of them individuals to where it's, he make it hard for people to like him. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you talk to him or if you heard from him, I guarantee he's one of those individuals that would say, I don't give a fuck <laughs> if you right. don't like me or not. Right. I'm here to do a job. I'm here to play. I'm competitive. I'm going to compete. And it I is what that. it is. And, and teach their own. But for, for us and the fans and the people that watch the sport, 
we do want that some individuals to be likable. We want people to know more about people or understand that they are good people. But we don't always get that. Sometimes you get you gotta take the good with the bad, which is, you know, amongst the individuals that's playing and doing the right things, gonna be some dirt balls. <laughs> yeah. It's just part of the game and you we gotta accept that. But he has done some things in the past that you like, all right now, bro, come on now. <laughs> you, yeah. you tweak it. Right. <clears throat> so I I mean while we on sports, man, we might as well finish that off, man. Cause you know, when we get back to the black excellence, you know, obviously we ain't gonna skip that, but Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and talk about the playoffs, man. It was an eventful weekend. Um, I I got the opportunity to go out to Green Bay, check that environment out. Um, I've I've been there during game time, but I've not been there during the playoffs. It was a different experience. We had the opportunity to go to the game, Sean and I. Didn't choose that option. It was obviously way too cold for your boy. Showtime was dressed appropriately and ready to go. He had 38,000 layers on. I had on, thin, I had on the thinnest pair of pants and the thinnest shirt I could find in my closet. That was a 49er shirt. Right. Uh, so I was not dressed appropriately to attend the game. However, we did get dropped off at the Quick Trip, which is three to four blocks away from the stadium. And uh, I found out that I ain't really messing with the cold like that. No, so on man. the way to the stadium, we both knew not going to the game. We both knew that sitting out there for two, three hours, four hours was not going to be conducive to our career. So absolutely not. And it it was it was a good time. It was a good atmosphere. People was live. People was get getting drunk. People was enjoying themselves to see big crowds like that and not have any incidents pop off that I was aware of or that I seen. Right. It was nice. Now I'm I'm dressed in 49er apparel. I got my hat on. I got my I got my shirt on. So, you know, I'm walking through the crowd. They give me the business, which it is what it is. It's stay, stay home not, time. Not it's this, stay turf. This before the game, though. <laughs> Absolutely. This before the game even started. Now, I'm walking through. They're giving me mad trash. I had one dude ask me, do you honestly think that you guys have a chance against us? Right. I said, let me ask you a question. Are you a football fan or are you a Packers fan? He said both. So I said, you just answered your own question because if you both – the Packer fan would say we don't have a chance. But if you're a football fan, you got to be realistic, bro. Stop yeah. talking stupid right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wish I could have seen his face at the end of the game. <laughs> we obviously left that situation and went to another spot and was able to go upstairs in that same establishment and walk through and actually watch the ending part of the game up there. And even on my way walking through there, you was hearing people talking shit. And I remember faces on the way in. Because those are the same individuals that I pointed to and was yelling at on the way out. And I lost my voice on this weekend, and I'm just now gaining it back somewhat. Man, it was just the look on Packer fans' face after that field goal went through the uprights. Bro. Price. It was – I was going to say it was an experience – like no other, I was at the last time that they won the division. Uh, the, the last time they won the first round, they didn't have a bye, but they won the first round game. I was at that game, right? And it, it was acting so lit and so just lit up. And then they went to uh San Francisco and got smashed that very next weekend. <laughs> so I remember what it was like to see that, and then to see that again yesterday. I mean, on Saturday, I was like, man, you know. 
but but it is what it is, man. And and that goes out to all the Packer fans out there, not football fans, all the Packer fans that are just Packer fans because they're the Packers, because y'all was raised here, because y'all was brought up here. I know and understand what that feels like. I see y'all every day. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, football is still football. It ain't no football angels just going to bless the Packers to win just because y'all like the motherfuckers. You got to look <laughs> at stats. You got to look at odds. And you got to realize who you're playing against sometimes. So that's that's all I got to say about it. I was there. I had on Packer gear. So motherfuckers wasn't coming at me. But I knew what the odds was. And I knew what the stake was. And I was telling motherfuckers, <laughs> hey, don't be surprised if if, if 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 it turned out a little bit different. They're like, ah, oh, nah, shut up sometime. We got this. Okay. <laughs> after that first score and they that scored that drive, seven points, you would think an effortless drive. <laughs> you would think that the Packers had w- just won the Super Bowl if you listen to the crowd in the atmosphere. Man, we was taking shots with motherfuckers and everything at that time. <laughs> hey, and it was just a wild atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere, like I said. Now, now I ain't trying to take anything away from it, but it was definitely a good atmosphere. But again, I I don't it's not that I don't like the Packers, it's I hate Packer fans. I can't stand them. <laughs> I cannot stand them. And that, that just goes to prove me being in that environment and that atmosphere that they are delusional. Um, and to me, it is what it is. But now you got to take that L, which they didn't take well afterwards. Nah. Obviously, because they the started coming why. up. They went from, we the best team. We going to kill y'all. Y'all ain't got no chance to them losing and saying, we just need to get rid of Rodgers. Our, our our special teams let us down. This is ridiculous. Our coach just got out coached. Y'all didn't even play that well, and y'all beat us. And it's like that's why I can't stand y'all. So y'all right, can never just lose and just say, like a, yeah, you know what, y'all was we the lost better team today. Y'all was the better team today. That's what it is. We made plays and y'all did. Because if that's it would have been the other way around, I couldn't say I couldn't talk to them delusional individuals and say, well, our team, our our special teams let us down. They were like, oh, you guys lost. Y'all just that's lost. Unfortunate. Go home. You're a loser. You're a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> I told you we would kick your ass and you're like, dude, but you got to understand that. So I get it. It's, it's fandom. So that's why it's called. That's what I call fans. They're supposed to be fanatics and that's fine, but I can't stand delusional individuals, period, especially when it comes <laughs> to sports. So, I mean, like I said, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. Uh, we actually stayed out a little bit longer than we were supposed to. We was only supposed to be there for the first quarter and then go, I'm glad we got to engage with the with the actual fans in their element. Cause you know, like you said, our plan was to watch the beginning, go duck off somewhere private. But I'm glad we got to see that. I'm glad we got to see that that field goal get hit. I'm glad we got to see a lot of these guys come down to earth. Cause we wouldn't have seen that where we was at. You know, we wouldn't have got to, you know, experience that. So right. I mean, it, it showed me a lot. It showed me a lot, man. And it really um, you know, and, and I was talking to a guy earlier today in the office, and he was just talking about because I came to him with exactly what you said. I said, "Bro, I'm not happy the Packers lost. I'm happy that the Packer fans got to see them lose because y'all be acting crazy like y'all don't know that them motherfuckers can ever lose." And he was like, "You know what it is, yo?" He was like, "It ain't that we don't think they can lose. It's that we live in a, a city with a population less than two two hundred thousand, and we have a stadium that can hold eighty thousand motherfuckers in our city. So." Because of that, half the population get to go to the motherfucking game. <laughs> like, where can you do that at? Like, where nowhere in the world you can do that at? You know, so I get you what right. you're saying. I get why Packer fans are so delusional and why they act like that, but that still don't make it right. Yeah, and it's it's all I I also accounted for 
I think it has a lot to do also with the fact that Wisconsin is not known for having things. Nothing. So when you ain't <laughs> used to having something, you don't know how to act with it. You don't know how to act when you get it. <laughs> and once you get it and you've had it for so long, mm-hmm. then you just really start acting up and not appreciating it. Yeah. Because now you just you privileged now. You feel now like you, you privileged. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, like, like, like you entitled. Like you entitled. Like, no, we no, we it's old to us that we walk into the playoffs and walk into the Super Bowl because who we got on our team. And it's not that. And I, I get it, but at the same time, like I said, that delusional aspect of it, it I just can't get past it sometimes. And maybe that's just me. But I just can't get past that delusional part of it. So no, nah, it's hard to. But um, but but <laughs> as far as the other games. I want to say uh, shout out to Tom Brady, man, or one of the greatest that I've seen play in my lifetime. I don't know if dude gonna come back or if he retired. If not, he went out. He went out being the goat. You know, he almost came back from a twenty-seven nothing deficit. Um, it was a little bit too much for even him at the end. The Rams pulled it off with a field goal. It was great to see it. Um, shout out to Matthew Stafford. But Tom Brady went. He did a hell of a gig. A hell of a job out there, even this week with a disabled, disarmed-ass team. And he ain't out here. You know, he was whining a little bit because his lip was bleeding. So obviously, somebody hit him in the motherfucking mouth, but <laughs> he didn't get called. But right. at the end of the day, Tom Brady didn't make no excuses. He did not act like how Aaron Rodgers was acting. Aaron Rodgers blamed the referees. He blamed the special teams. <laughs> he, blamed the, he blamed everybody he could think of. If y'all watched the press conference after the game, Tom Brady said, you know what, man? I ain't thinking no further than this game right now and, you know, how it's affecting me right now as far as retirement or decisions and stuff like that. That's something between me and my family and we'll get to it. But I'm thinking about this game right now. Uh, shout out to Rams and Matthew Stafford and their coaching staff. They beat us today. And and that's how you're supposed to be. That's yeah. how you, If you're a GOAT, nigga, that's how you answer questions. And dude, if, he, if, if I never see him on the, on the field again, I'll always remember that dude. It's probably one of the best, like, just – on the field, off the field, kind of guys that I've seen in a long time, man. Absolutely, and that's a, that's a part of his legacy, though. On mm-hmm. and off the field, so that that counts too. So all of this extra fuckery that's going on with all these other quarterbacks, especially Aaron Rodgers, afterwards, you mm-hmm. think people ain't gonna bring that up when they start talking le- legacy later on? Oh yeah, it's gonna Hell come up in conversation. Hell it's gonna come yeah. up. So you got to deal with that, and that's part of your legacy, and that's part of what you made as your legacy. You, you obviously got to deal with it at some point. You got you got to own it, dog. And and you brought yourself to that point. Now I do respect the honesty and him expressing himself and, and saying some things that you're not supposed to say. And yeah, you're not, you're I mean, but you you can say, say that when you told these motherfuckers this is my last season. You can yeah. say all that bullshit he was saying. But if you was coming back the next year and thought these offensive linemen were supposed to block for you and the special teams were supposed to root for you <laughs> and shit, you don't say the shit he was saying at the end of the no. game. No, you don't. And and it's it's tough to see that because then that that just goes to show you that sometimes, you know, what you thought it was true. You mm-hmm. just didn't want to believe it. Yeah, you didn't want to face it. <laughs> you didn't want to believe it. But now you gotta face it because now it's hitting you in the face and you ain't got a choice but to face it. But we we also got to uh watch the, the Bengals game. And watch how that came to a conclusion. That was crazy. That was, that was crazy. crazy. And I was shocked by that game, to be honest with you. Me too. For Joe Burrows to be in a position to be this only his second year, that first year not necessarily counting because he got injured and was he out injured at the, the majority of, year, right? of that season. Yeah. So the fact that he can come in this year, step up to the plate, put his team in a position to be in the playoffs, 
and to win their first playoff game since 1988. The 90s or 80s or some crazy shit We were shorties then, man. So the fact that he was able to do that and not only that, getting sacked eight times. They said it was nine. They said it was nine nine today. I thought it was eight, too. They said it was nine today. Most quarterbacks that get sacked that many times lose the game. Not only lose the game, at some point, their play shows you that they were sacked nine times. Yeah, I mean, you, it starts to hurt after a while. Good thing for him, he's young and resilient. It's only right. his second year. But that's how he got hurt last year. He got hurt on a devastating-ass sack. Um, and he just didn't get he, – he fell wrong. and He couldn't get back up. You know, as much as he wanted to play, he, he they drug him off the court, off the field. He didn't want to leave. This year, I don't know. He might have some fractured bones, a broken thumb. We don't know. Anytime you got somebody that weighs 250 plus pounds coming at you full pressure, trying to hurt you, trying to grab you and throw you on the ground, I don't know how he got away with being sacked that many times. And they was able to finish out the game. Shout out to Joe Burrows, man. It really so is a testament to that guy's grit and his character. He really yeah. put the team on his back, him and a couple of the receivers. And I, I like what they bring to the table. And I look forward they, to next they, week. Their defense showed up too because they secondary and their defense is suspect at times. Like, and that's another oh, we yeah. talked about. There's not a team left that ain't sus in these playoffs <laughs> that don't have a suspect defense. Yep. Like right now, the only thing that you can say about the the, the teams that's left in the playoffs, there's two teams that got good defensive lines that don't need to blitz you, and they can just do it with their front four, and that's us and the Rams. Right. Everybody else, they got to do blitz packages coverage packages and all of that to get to the quarterback and long pressure. Now, everybody else that's still left got suspect DBs and suspect defensive schemes at times. So that that should be interesting because I think that's going to play a big part in how all these, how these games going to play out between us so, and the Rams and also so <laughs> the, the, the Bengals the, and KC. The, 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 the reason why the reason why I can make the picks I make I'm making right now and say what I'm saying because like you said everybody shows some weaknesses this weekend but the ones that stand out to me is this the Rams won but they lost and the reason why I say that is because they was up 27 nothing at halftime and they won 30 to 27 to me mm-hmm. that meant you lost to me that means y'all had the right momentum at the right time and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made the right mistakes and. They just didn't have the personnel to beat y'all. If you let a motherfucker come back <laughs> 27 down and tie the game in the playoffs, you lost. Especially when you got pass rushers like Aaron Donald and Von Miller and all these motherfuckers. You got high-profile motherfuckers like Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. on your offensive side. You let these motherfuckers come back 27 down with a 45-year-old quarterback without half his receiving core, y'all lost. Y'all lost. You can't do that in no other situation. That was just that was just the, the, it was basically just the, the curse of Tom Brady coming back. Because if he would have won again today and went to the Super Bowl, somebody would have shot him. He would have got assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no, nah, this can't be. Motherfuckers keep telling me I don't like the Rams, but I'm glad I'm glad Tom Brady lost. Like that's some bogus bullshit to say. <laughs> They'd be like, Tom Brady got shot, but they couldn't find a bullet hole. <laughs> right. Man. So he got so, hit with so, a magic bullet. So that's the thing with them. The thing with the with the uh with the Bengals is I can tell you one thing, you're not gonna get sacked seven times or eight times against the Kansas City Chiefs and still win. That's oh, no, that, that boy happen. Josh Allen played a perfect game last night. No interceptions, no sacks, no fumbles. He was damn near 
pass completion and the motherfucker still lost, you're not getting sacked eight times against the motherfuckers and winning. I can tell you that. No, so and, that's and <laughs> and and you're not scoring 16, 19 points and winning. Oh hell no, that's not a question. Get about that, same, same same thing, same thing with uh with uh, the Packers. I don't know how they thought they was gonna win scoring no 10 or 13 points. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all don't y'all don't even what the fuck. But anyway, like so my the reason the reason why I, I think are you, no, what you say? The reason why I think the 49ers is gonna win is because they beat one of the best offenses in the league without scoring an offensive touchdown. If you could do that, you could beat just about anybody. So that the Rams ain't got a chance. The Rams fumbled four times in the last three uh, uh the last 13 minutes of the game. You can't do that shit against a prolific defense like the 49ers and think you're gonna win. I can tell you that right now. That's just it's not gonna happen. It's so a good matchup. Like the stuff and that goes for all teams. Like you are not going to be able to do anything that the opposite team did and can think you're going to just continue on that path. Mm-mm. That ain't going to happen. Like, do you think my 49ers going to block another punt and a field goal in the same game? Probably not. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. The odds are just unlikely. Now, it can happen, but it's unlikely to happen. So you got to understand that those things help get you in a position to win the game. Now, is Jimmy G going to be able to go? and have the same game that he had against the Packers, against the Rams, and we come out with a win? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. He didn't make a a play. He didn't make a play. It ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. But he he usually better than that, though. I don't know if he was just scared of Aaron Rodgers or if the defense was that good or what, but he usually makes some plays. Like, he don't go into the game. just just, he, 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 He spit a dud. He spit a dud the other day, and it was tough to watch. From my standpoint, because I really like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I really feel like he like a Carson Wentz kind of guy. So if and I got hope, for, for if me, I got hope for Jimmy, I got hope for Carson. <laughs> for me, it's it's one of those situations to where it wasn't all on Jimmy because those guys dropped some balls that they should have caught. And the that good guys, the good, the, and, the, and the good know, guys, not the bullshit guys. He's a quarterback that needs that that confidence. Yeah, if he play uh, as, as once he as get as in a, a groove and he start hitting, then he hitting. Like when you saw him at the end of the game, and he made those few completions, yeah, you can just see it on his face. He was in okay, a groove. now I'm good. I'm ready to go now. And then he, let's he get, just let's get, get down here and get the field goal. Yeah. But right now we got Rams, 49ers left, and we got KC and the Bengals. Obviously, my two picks going into that game. I would love to see a rematch between us and KC, but. Do the Bengals got a chance? Yep. We got a chance, too, because we still the underdogs. They still talk. They did it again to us, man. We beat the Packers. They said we weren't going to beat the Packers. They said we weren't going to beat Dallas. They said we weren't going to get into the playoffs. They said we was about to lose to to the Rams the first time we played them to not get in the playoffs. They've been doubting us this entire time, and each time we get an opportunity to prove the doubters wrong. So I'm hoping that they doubt us again. And say we about to lose to the Rams and the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Please do that. I'd rather it be that way and be the underdog and us fight like dogs to win the game and win ugly, however we need to win it and make it happen and make it be historical in that way. So I don't mind being the underdog in this situation because it's helped us out so far. It takes the pressure off of us. Everybody know who Jimmy is. Everybody know our weaknesses on our team and they speak about us as they should. <laughs> Not in the sense that where they just think that we are better than what we are or or a great team. No, we just a good team that got hot at the right time that 
just figure out ways to win games and just right. keep it at that. But I do think that Joe Barrows them is in the same position where I don't know. I wonder what the odds are on that game in Vegas. Well, I could tell you that the odds were a lot different after seeing last night's playoff game. Um, that was probably one of the best ones I've seen. I've seen two quarterbacks dueling, doing exactly what they needed to do, running and doing all this crazy shit and throwing these phenomenal passes. So if, if it was close before, if it was close before, if the if the non- number and the odds was close before, they're not now. Not after no, last night's game. I don't the world believe so. Was watching that. The world was watching that, and we all got a spark in our eye about both Allen and Mahomes as the future of this league as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And um, I, I wish the best for the Bengals, man. They made a historic run, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's over because nobody's ever out of it, and I think the 49ers proved that the other day. I do have to go with KC right now um, just because of what they're doing and what they're able to do. And, and people know, people know, that Hill and Kelsey is going to eat their ass up. So when these other weird, nobody, new niggas, I mean, new individuals start popping up and scoring touchdowns and doing all this crazy shit, now what? Now what? Some nigga named Ward had like two or three touchdowns last Who the fuck is dude? (laughs) You talking about Prangle? You talking about, who is the other guy that comes, uh, 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 Hardman? Yeah, that's his name, Hardman, yeah. So he was taking off. So they got weapons, and this is the old KC that we was used to seeing before when they was touting that your boy McCombs was going to be the best quarterback to ever be seen in this league. And then there was a slight drop off because they didn't do what they were supposed to be doing and got whooped up by Tom Brady. Couple now. But, so we'll see, man. I, I think there's all teams left got a lot to prove. Obviously there's two teams that got more to prove in this situation because they've been there a ton of times and their history shows that that, that'd be us. Uh, And KC, obviously they're not an underdog by any means of imagination. You know, people expecting them to win probably by about 30. So (laughs) uh, we'll see though, man, I think it should be some good games. Hopefully it's some, it continues to be good games because this past weekend we saw all games, one by a field goal or a touchdown. Right. So and all the games were close. Up, so. Yeah. so it was some good football going on, regardless of the outcomes and uh, what people did and did not like about the games. It was all good games. You can't ask for nothing better than that. It was definitely uh, anxiety-provoking, but right. the results are the results, and you move on, and hopefully your team can take it to the next level and get into the big game. But – yeah, so y'all hit us with y'all picks, man. You know, if y'all get the opportunity, hit us on uh, – I know Anchor allows you to do it. I know Spotify will allow you to do it. So um, hit us with y'all picks. Respond. Let us know with the comments. Let us know who y'all who y'all got on, who y'all put on for right now, whether it's your real team, like your, your original team, your favorite team, or just who you feel like, you know, going to go the rest of the way and, and do this Super Bowl thing, man. So so let's figure it out, man. But shit, bro. Absolutely. That was a lot of so, sports commentary. Sports talk. I got, I got, I got a few more. I got a few <laughs> more. I got I got oh, one more that I want to talk about, which one is funny and the other one's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start out with the one that's not funny. I, mm-hmm. I just watched an interview with Antonio Brown with I Am Athlete Podcast. Oh, yeah. And... I've never really listened to Antonio for more than a small clip or short interviews. Mm-hmm. But it's obvious that something is wrong with the guy. Like, it's something wrong, man. Like, mm-hmm. he he makes sense. 
but it seemed like he struggled to construct like thoughts, full sentences, yeah, and convey them in a way to where you could tell that he thinking something and he want to say it, but it's coming out way different. Yeah, it seemed like he's just playing all the time, but he really be having some serious points that he's trying to make. He just right. don't doesn't really know how to get it. I know exactly what because I when I listened to because I didn't see the interview. I don't know if it was a video or not. I heard it. Right. So when he was saying it, it seemed like it was like these pregnant pauses and these like long extended spaces where he was trying to figure out exactly what to say. Like it was like a lawyer was listening to him and he couldn't say the right shit, or wrong. He didn't want to say the wrong shit or something. Like, it was so like weird. He just said words that didn't match up to, with stuff that he was talking about. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, just weird stuff. Like I, it, it was just hard to watch, man, because. If you're looking at it, like if we, if I ever find out that he does have CTE or that he does have some kind of brain injury or something like that, right. I have to re- refer back to this interview and be like, yeah, now it makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep, because you don't want to assume that's what it is or that it is mental health. And that's just the way he talks and that's just how he conveys his thoughts. But it to me, it, it appeared to be that something is, is wrong and off. Mm-hmm. At some point, I mean, and and some of the stuff he's saying was right. You are who you are. You make decisions based on how you feel at the time. And if you feel that way, you just react and you do things and you're not worried about what other people think at that time. You just react. And we've all done that before. Yeah, when we, just, we was 12. And we and, and you know what the unfortunate thing is? We didn't do it in front of millions of people. And we didn't have millions of dollars on the line. No, not at all. So I, I I just think, you know, hopefully, hopefully I, I, I say this. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully nothing is wrong with him and he's okay and I just reading it wrong. Because I don't want something to be wrong with him, but it just appears to be that way to me. Indeed. So and and the other thing that I thought was funny that I saw is is a clip from the cowboy games, right? You know, they was making the memes of the individuals in the crowd of their faces, right? How sad, well, how sad they was looking. looking. <laughs> One of the individuals that they made a meme of that went viral <laughs> was at the game with his side <laughs> chick. <laughs> bro, how bogus is that, bro? You got to be extremely salty because going to the game, you thinking I'm going to be in the game with thousands, thousands of people. Of There's no way. Me, the odds of me getting caught on camera is very slim. I'm out here kicking it. Yeah, shorty don't know what's up. We good. Damn. Wrong. And wrong. Millions of people saw it. <laughs> what Charlie Murphy say? And wrong. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, bro, you out here Bodine with it. So he caught up. He beyond salty right now. Not only did you get caught, you went viral with the side chick. <laughs> wow. Now you might as well, you might as well be in a relationship. Make your now. main chick. That's your main oh, chick now, boy. You might as well be in a relationship now. Yeah, y'all more popular than you and your real girlfriend. <laughs> y'all cemented in meme history. <laughs> that shit, wow, bro. Ain't it crazy how the internet could just do, just turn the corner on the motherfucker like that, bro? The internet, the internet remains undefeated, y'all. Oh, always. I mean, if, if y'all got some memes, some shit that stood out to y'all that y'all want to send us, because the thing is, I see a lot of crazy memes. I know Fro do see a lot, of, but y'all seeing a lot more than what we doing, man. Shoot, holler at us, man, because. One of the things about we and we stepping, we slowly stepping into season three, right? So we got all this stuff in the works. We got all these in-person offers and all this stuff. 
all this, uh, these other things we could do. We just really just trying to define our moment, man, and make sure we make our next move our best move because we would really like to see season three be visualized, have some video shit. Like, we would really like to step into that. And it may not happen right away, but, man, y'all, I'm telling y'all, we going to get to this money. We going to get to this money, man, and we going to get to this this visual. and We going to make it happen. And we're going to do it for y'all because we already, you know, we we, we have peace with what we're doing, man. Because at the end Absolutely. of the day, we got our platform, we got our voice, we got our viewer, our our beautiful listeners, man. So, see, we're doing what, I, what we're doing. We just want to make sure that, that, that we keep elevating and keep going with this thing, man. Because we got a lot more to give, y'all. Absolutely. And, and with that note, we're going to segue into our favorite topics, which is black excellence. Yay! So let's talk about that for a minute. And I like to start out with saying, like, this is an event that's actually in Wisconsin here. It's going to be at uh, UW Parkside on March 19th. Um, It's called the Wisconsin Black Art and Culture Expo 2022. Uh, Some of the businesses that's going to be there, uh, Big City Brims, RSL Apparel, Two Swift Suits LLC, Valid Kicks, Plush Clothing, uh, so mark your calendars for a night of excellent fashion show on March 19th, 2020 at UW Parkside. For more details, you can go to mahoganygallery.com backslash Wisconsin and Black Art uh, to check out more details and get tickets and see uh, how you can become a part of that event. So definitely big shout outs. It's in our backyard in Wisconsin. Um, UW Parkside is close to where I'm originally from, racing in Wisconsin. So yeah. it's not far from there. So definitely check that out, man. I definitely, I definitely have to give a shout out to that for Black Excellence for that uh, Culture Expo. Hey, we may actually figure out a way to see if we can be out there, man, and and, and do some stuff with them folks. Because I mean, for it to be that close and for us to have a you know opportunity to really get out here and start doing some, absolutely, man, we're gonna have so to, we, and that's we, that's we, the best we, way to do it. We get out there, we get to these events, we have something to talk about make some connections because that's what it's about. It's about networking. When you go to these things right here, I know me personally, I'm going to be roaming around talking to everybody, trying to make connections and see Man. how we can build and, and, like I said, stay connected within not only our communities, but other communities around the United States and the world if possible. So def- yeah. the only way you're going to do that is by getting out and getting to those vessels. So definitely shout out to the, the Black, Black Art and Culture Expo. Yes. For sure. And I also like to give a big shout out to uh, 16-year-old Caleb Smith uh, from PG County, Maryland. Uh, according to the FAA, he became the youngest glider pilot in the United Whoa. States. He in the 10th <laughs> grade. Um, he's a 10th grader at Charles H. Flowers High School in the city of Springdale. They said he started when he was like in the eighth grade on learning how to uh, get into aviation and trying to uh, get into the schools and study and do that kind of thing. So and glider wow. planes are those small planes that they kind of more work on a glide aspect instead of like engines, like the bigger it's planes. Do. Engines, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> that in itself is courageous and bold to me because what you will not see is provoking a glider plane. <laughs> <laughs> what I would call an AKA crop dust. <laughs> right. I would never man, do that. That's cold though, man. And, and, and only in the 10th grade. So that means he got two years left of high school. And he already a young pilot already. So the, the young guy's future is definitely bright. Shout out to Caleb Smith. 
Congratulations, young blood. Keep doing your thing. I'm proud of you. Push Positive Podcast. You've got a fan and supporters. Wow, that's crazy, bro. That, that's that's just through the roof, man. And, you know, some of these accomplishments and these recognition points, man, I think, you know, we, we really can't take them lightly. You know, no. I mean, because, you know, and, and, and I understand, you know, with us, you know, sometimes we be like, I ain't getting in that motherfucking crop duster. But at the end of the day, we know we don't understand all the all the the, the, the intricacies and the time. Like to be a pilot, you gotta have a certain <laughs> amount of pilot hours and solo hours and joint hours and all this instrumentation hours. It's weird. It's crazy, bro. So shout out to my guy, man. And if 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 anybody listening got some black excellence excellence or things to stand out to him. Holler at us, man. Some teachers that's doing some good things. Some students just standing above and beyond. Holler at us so y'all can get on the Black Excellence. Absolutely. And if there's an opportunity to highlight individuals that are not necessarily mainstream and wouldn't make it to platforms to where we can get that information, we would love to have that information. But uh, you guys can help us out with that by getting us that information so we can actually put it on the platform. Because we do have that platform for that reason. Uh, sure. which is the reason why we call it the Push Positive Podcast, so we can share that information and push that positivity out to the rest of the world. So definitely hit us up if you got something for us, but we're going to move right along going to, uh, to give major props to uh, young King Terrence Fagan. He's 17 years old. Uh, he's an author who completed college before he graduated high school. He's the founder of online freelance platform, myexperthub.com. It connects business owners to freelancers who get their digital products and services done. So he teamed up with his mom, Sophia Davis Fagan, who was 16 when she was pregnant with him, and they created this business. So definitely shout out to Terrence Fagan, 17. He completed college before he graduated high school. This is also another kid. This ain't the same one we talked about last podcast. (laughs) This is another kid. And started a business with his mom called MyExpertHub.com. Check it out. Support that young brother. Big shout out to Terry Fega and his mom. And they just got they just got a crazy marketing deal to where now I've seen uh, advertisements, I've seen the plugs, the sponsored ads on Instagram and uh, and Snapchat. So they what happened was they was pushing that they was pushing that project, and then a couple investors uh. They did. They didn't change their platform or try to update their platform or nothing like that. All they did was help market the platform because the, the information and the, the the services wasn't getting to these million and billion dollar companies that could really use it. You know what right. I mean? So they they invested and all they you know all they did was invest in the marketing piece of it. They let my man's and his mom and their team continue to do what they was doing because the, the the offering and the service was already a one sauce. It was already there. But not right. enough people knew about it, so they got a marketing deal. That's gonna be some new stuff that's coming out. Like we we haven't done, we haven't seen that happen on a large scale uh, in the past. But it's been happening, and these are one of the guys. These folks is one of the first, uh, one of the first couple folks to do it on a large scale. Because what's happening is it's a lot of uh, services, a lot of applications, a lot of things is available to us that help us all. But individuals just really don't got the the the, the the dollars and cents to push it the way they need to push it on the internet or, or however they want to market it. Right. That shit costs money. So right. shout and, out to them for both regards. Actually. And most people think you can just get on the internet and push things through social media, but you're not mm. understanding that social media followers 
and fans don't always translate to dollars. No. So don't because get it twisted. Just think yeah, they and, put and, algorithms in place to prevent absolutely. that from happening. <laughs> and, and and guess what? The influencer list just came out for Instagram, right? Or TikTok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the top 20 influencers on TikTok, guess how many black? How many? Zero. Goddamn. All top 20 is white influencers. So that goes they, to show you. They're young kids, too. I'm but, they, but, but guess what? The top 20 don't have the most followers, necessarily. Ooh. Ooh. Some of them do. But Ooh. in between that top 20 somewhere, there's black people that sprinkled in that would be in the top 20 if it came to numbers. But it's not translating Damn. into dollars. <laughs> What's that say? <clears throat> Damn. <laughs> it's just not translating to dollars. Right. So that just goes to show you that just because you got followers that don't translate to dollars, it's marketing teams behind it. It's people that's getting behind it, that's investing, that's putting uh, commercials and you know, say advertisements on these other individuals' yeah. pages for whatever reason, and getting behind those platforms and pushing them in that way. So you just got to be aware of that. And like you said, this will be a perfect opportunity for somebody to understand that if you get with that freelance platform, that may be one of those tools that you can use to help push you to the next level, to where right. you're getting those advertisement dollars and you becoming more profitable with the platform that you do have. So. Definitely shout out to them for that. I also wow. wanted to give a, a special shout out to my cousin Quinn. Hey. Birth of his healthy baby girl today. Bless up, Congratulations, boy. You? Absolutely. Hope she uh, is healthy. Um, I ain't get the details on what was going on. You know, it's that busy time to where you had a baby, everybody hitting you up. So I, I, I will check in with him and get the details on. Uh, how big the baby is and health and all of the other stuff. But I'm assuming from what I seen and what I saw in the post that she's doing well. So I'll follow up with that uh, soon and get the rest of the details. Mm-hmm. Also oh, wanted to where, give, where he at? He's still in Wisconsin? Still in Milwaukee. Okay, cool. cool. He's still Good in Milwaukee. Fam. So he, him fam. and his girl. Last time I talked to him, it was, uh, it was talking crazy about the Packers, but he was laughing about <laughs> it. But that was, that was a while back in, in the season. When they had when they had beat us, but right. I, I definitely have to holler at them about that too. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to talk about <laughs> the baby first. I ain't gonna get I ain't gonna get on him right away. But right, let him enjoy his baby. I know, right? I, I, we also talked about this uh, recently, that court case with uh, Cardi B and Tasha K, who was a famous blogger that said some 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 pretty messed up things about Cardi B on her on her platform. Oh, wow. Stating that she had a venereal disease and all, all kind of just slamming this type of shit. So Cardi B won her lawsuit to the sum of $1.5 million for life. What? Yep. So I was not, I'm not familiar with Tasha K. But she's a famous blogger. Obviously, she's got a ton of listeners. I'm talking about, she's probably got over a million followers, I believe. On her platform, and she does she does numbers, and she's getting paid off her platform for sure. But if, if a motherfucker can see you for five million, you're definitely getting a little something off your platform. Yeah, it's one point five. So guess what? Even oh, if you 5. do got it, that's a large chunk of change that you got to pay out. I so mean. you either got to go bankrupt, or you got to give up everything you got, or right. some of what you got to pay that off. And rightfully so. I don't think you should just be able to be out of control and just say whatever you want 
especially if you don't know if it's true or not. And even if it is true, I don't think it's right, to, especially with something right. like medical. I'm putting it on a platform and spreading that around the world and not knowing how that's going to affect somebody's business or any kind of <clears throat> marketing they got going on for an yeah, album or advertisement. It's, med it's medical. It's a HIPAA, HIPAA violation. That's probably yeah. why she won. It's a HIPAA violation. <laughs> it's liable. And it's, it's, it's messed up, man. So I, I, I see it from two different angles. I see it from the angle that you should be able to say, wild shit about people and that at some point there will be a consequence. The difference is Cardi B can afford them lawyers to yeah, drag this out right for as long as she wants to and get the <laughs> consequences get the right <laughs> and hold those individuals that's talking crazy about her accountable. Now this won't work in all cases hmm. because it's still going to be people that's saying shit about you but what, what it will do is for individuals that's paying attention that do got a bag, I know what most people will not be willing to do and that's to give up their bag to talk shit about somebody else. Right. I highly doubt totally it. Totally not worth Totally not now, worth it. it may cause people to pause and think about what they're going to say about others. And, and, and at this case, that might be all you can ask for is to yeah, have people think about what they're saying before they say it and how it might affect other people, especially if it's something that that crazy. So I believe it's a pivotal case because I don't think this is going to be the last time we see somebody getting sued, especially bloggers, because, you know, people can't stand the fact that they've just been getting away with what they've been doing for as long as they've been doing it. So I think right. it's a pivotal case to, you know, once one court case happened, it tends to create a trend and other people start to jump on that, on that bandwagon. So, but if you got a huge platform, you got to be aware that this can happen. And, and it doesn't just go for individuals, go for big companies that got platforms as well. So right. definitely got to be careful out here with that, but you know, saying congratulations to Cardi. After listening to her talk about all the things that she'd been through um, with the things that were said about her and how she struggled with, you know, depression and wanting to harm herself and all of that. Sometimes we don't take those things into consideration that although she's a star, she has millions of dollars. She's still a human being. She's still a person. So, yeah, man, and shout out, shout out to Cardi B. She actually hopped on uh, Summer Walker's new project, which. You know, I, I ain't a huge fan of Summer uh, Walker, but one of the things that Cardi said on there, she hopped on there on the intro, and it was actually a live message that she left Summer Walker. Summer Walker got permission from Cardi B to use it on her album, and she was basically saying, don't let these individuals that's not involved in your career, not involved in your growth, uh, you know, uh, just financially, to slander you and, and let them hurt you and let them bring you down. You know, utilize your success, you know, Take your success and, and throw it in these people's face, and and don't let them feel don't let them feel like they can get on you just because they know some shit about you because you're famous. Like bitch, the reason why you know something about me because I'm famous because I got money. <laughs> but right. it, it's a cool if y'all get a chance listen to the it's the uh, uh, Cardi B uh, interlude on Summer Walker's last uh, last album that came out. It's called Over It. So check it out if y'all get it. Some very inspirational words by Cardi B. And this was from the heart. She didn't know it was being recorded. She didn't know it was going to end up on nobody's album. It's just how she is as a person. So check it out. Absolutely. I also wanted to, uh, before we get into our hot 10, give a special condolences to Regina King and her family for wow, her 26-year-old son. I hope it's the true, family man. gets the privacy and time to grieve appropriately that they deserve. Um, and just condolences, man. That was hard to, hard to hear that she lost her her son that way and how she felt about it and how obviously you can see the pain in her. Right. Um, so hopefully she gets that time and that privacy and that uh, time to grieve appropriately. Right. 
Yeah, man, it's just tough, you know, to know that, you know, suicide and, and self-harm and things like that, um, it comes from so many different angles, man. And, bro, I'm sure you could deal with, you know, you can speak to this too because of the industry you deal in and work in. But it comes from so many angles. So poverty, poverty, some people say, is a, a leading cause. Of, uh, I mean, is a cause for um, suicide and suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you really look at the numbers, poverty, people in poverty don't kill themselves. They don't take themselves out. It's individuals in uh, what they call um, above average or privileged or uh, fortunate situations. We see more individuals committing suicide in those particular cycles of life as opposed to poverty. I don't know why. I don't know why, but the numbers don't lie. So, you know, uh, and Regina King, when she was talking about it, she was just saying how, you know, she did everything she could do to try to provide a, a positive experience and a positive ambiance for the young man. So, you know, it's just, it's just tough to see, you know, if, if the rich people's kids are, 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 are not feeling appreciated or not feeling, you know, like, like they have a reason to live, you know, how do we, figure this thing out for the folks that don't have those resources, don't have those finances and opportunities and uh, things available to them. So right. it, it just gets kind of scary sometimes, man, because it, it does. And, and it's tough. I, like you said, I've, I've been working with you for 22 years plus, and mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with suicide and self-harm. And the, my opinion on it is, is that sometimes the reason why the numbers may look skewed is because, um, if you come from something and you're in it all the time, yeah, you don't know anything else different than that. Right. Wow. You, you just wow. don't know anything different than that. So when you're suffering, there may be other people around you suffering, or you just think that's just what it is because of your circumstances. Yeah. Now, when you have the opportunity to come from a situation where wealth was gained and you have the opportunity to go, go up and be have privilege and things like that, the expectations are different on what you expect it to be and what you should be. Wow. Right. And if you don't, you got a lot of shit that you need, you should be, or people saying you should live up to. Yeah. That's what they say. Regina King and she's successful. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You can't be anything less than as great as your mama, your mom is. Right. Right. So the expectation is high. Like say for instance, Barack Obama's daughters. Yeah, Sasha. You think yeah. one of them can be a high school dropout? You know what the <laughs> expectation is of a, a president's of a daughter? President, yeah. yeah like, and, and just Barack in general, how he comes across. That's a lot of pressure for a teenager. Nigga, That's nigga, not they regular got, pressure. They ain't, they ain't got no boys, and their mom is Michelle Obama. The, yeah. the, 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 the coldest first lady, the best, most bestest first lady we ever had. <laughs> And that's and that's just one of those things too, where we start realizing that just because you got money, that don't mean that you are without pressure. Sometimes it's, it means that you got more pressure. Oh, a lot more to be great. And most of the time, you got access to more people, and more people know you, so it's more pressure. Sometimes when you're in poverty, you're not in a situation where you're known outside of your own restraints and your own block. Right. You don't get to go nowhere. I mean. Being poverty don't allow you to move around like that. Right. So you you normally confine to your neighborhood and your area. 
yeah. to where you're seeing that same in, in ex- and the yeah. same situations and exactly. the expectations are, are low exactly. most of the time. Exactly. When you're talking about people that's in poverty, the expectation to su- succeed is not high at all. Right. It, it's actually pretty low. No, so in that case, and it doesn't mean that you struggle. Staying alive, staying alive yeah. becomes it's survival. Yeah. yeah, it's survival. It's the basic needs. So it doesn't mean that you're not suffering or that people of poverty don't harm themselves or have a high rate of suicide and completing suicide. It just means that it looks different and the pressure that comes from different places. And sometimes those pressures can be overwhelming for individuals. Um, it's something that we all struggle with, with suicide because there's not a lot of answers of why, even if those individuals were giving us signs or told us why they wanted to, you, some of us still don't understand it. Right. And that's why I wanted to, it's one of those things that are hard to talk about and hard to have come up because it's hard to have that conversation because most of us don't understand it. And the individuals that do understand it, that have tried to complete suicide and didn't, and that are using um, their experience to help others out. Mad blessings to those individuals because that's needed, because they get it and they understand. And I think they do a good job of getting around and getting that word across that, uh, why they went through what they went through and and that feeling that they had right before they tried it. Right. So I think that's important. And I know my daughter, shout out to Shanda, I know my daughter, she actually um, was able to, to speak to, to speak to an individual that was really seriously contemplating going through the act of actually, you know, ending it all and, you know, putting putting our lifespan to an end. And one of the things, and, I, and I'll never forget this statement. I don't know where she got it from. She read it off a book or if it's just something that she heard and some counseling or just came up with. What she told the little girl to keep her from taking herself out was, hey, man, we all need you here. We all miss you. She said, Suicide is a long-term solution to a short-term, short-term problem. problem. Yeah. And I, I never forget that statement. Like I said, I don't know if she read it off a, off a poster or whatever, but that's the most, that's the most prolific and profound thing I think of when, when those situations happen. Because situations and, and issues can be worked through, man. But once you're gone, ain't no work left to do, man. Mm-mm. There's none. And and I always. At first, when I was coming up and I was young and I, I really wasn't trying to understand it, mm-hmm. I thought it was selfish. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that still could be that. a consensus among others because there's no understanding because there's a lot of people left behind that do love those individuals, even though they they didn't feel that way or didn't, that didn't outweigh the depression. That, yeah. And I think right. a lot of it is, is because we think that if they do that, they think that they weren't loved. It's just, it's not necessarily that all the time. It's just that what they was going through was heavier than that. Right. Much and heavier. It's, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's based on moments and currents, you know, and, you know, at on this particular day, you know what I mean? Because you don't know, you never know if a person is 100% sober, you don't know if it's alcohol and right. drug or drug, you never know, you know, so... I mean, it changes. It changes with the time, it changes with that present moment, it changes with the events that happened prior so I mean, I mean, it is what it is, man, and 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 I like how you presented it, man. Shout out and condolences to Regina King and her family, man. When I saw the little press conference and stuff she did after it, she really, she really, really, really showed that she cared for that man, and and uh, I'm I'm sorry to see him go, man. And Absolutely. Her and, her family. and and she didn't have to do that, but I think she was doing it because she wanted to help others that's going through situations like that, and that's. That's 
That's what it's really about. That's great. And that's, she needs to be rewarded for that because she didn't have to do that. Nope. And it don't bring your son back if she still did it. Absolutely. That's definitely honorable that she's at that time thinking about others as well. So definitely condolences to her family. And like I said, I hope they get the privacy and the time to grieve. So, um, I know that was a dark moment for a second. Sometimes we get into that and we get into those serious conversations. We got to. We get into the dark moments, but it's life. And we don't talk about everything involved in life and we keep it basic and we keep it real. So, but definitely, you already know what time it is. We're going to get into the hot 10. Ski, 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 ski. Let's get up out of So, so we're going to do a, we're going to do a a quick and easy version of this, man. We right at uh, an hour. I know that our current platform only allows us to do an hour and 20 minutes, and I don't want us to get cut off because the ones that get cut off always be the best ones, and I'll be mad as fuck. So we got 20 minutes to get this in, man. Let's do the hot 10, bro. All right, let's go. What's your preference, single or booed up? Um, Right now, man, just because of the current situation I got going on and just stuff I remember. Like I remember being single on Christmas, nigga. <laughs> right now, right now, I think I think booed up really works for me. But it, it got to be a certain type of booed up. I don't want no right. possessive ass booed up. It got to be like an understand. So I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna let you get to yours. So I realized and I figured out the other day that booed up at 20 is different than booed up at 35. So I That's prefer right. booed up 35 as opposed to 20 booed up. <laughs> That's my answer. Oh, that makes sense for me. Right now, because of my circumstance and where and how I feel about it, I would definitely have to say single because I think it's a it's addictive to have that freedom and that peace to not have to worry about drama, stress, and all that other stuff that comes along with relationships sometimes, or just the responsibility that comes along with it sometimes. So just sometimes being single will get you in that habit of of thinking that you you've got that extra freedom and that extra peace and it's it can be addictive sometimes to be honest nah and, and and that's the that's the one piece about being single that 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 really intrigued me and, and really fucked with me because because of your personality i know who you are as an individual how you rock i know how we rock together and what, like how we are you're never single when you're single <laughs> you never really single when you're single. No, you you're might not. be single at times, but you yeah. you single and you're ready to mingle. You never really single when you're single. So no, I, and at I, the time, like people do a good job of being finding companionship or figuring out ways to stay connected to oh, to people yeah, and communicate. Tender and plenty of fish and jobs and going out and being a, a, a social butterfly. Yeah, never you really figure it out. You're single, baby. You know, <laughs> it don't feel like that. At, at, and you only feel that when there's opportunities to, like, if somebody around and they want to do couples this and couples that, then you'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And like I said, you know, it's times <laughs> when I remember when I was, you know, just out here doing my thing and just I had vowed. I've I never been in another relationship. I want to be single. It's times when, you know, on Thanksgiving, single don't work. On Christmas morning, single don't work. You know, you can't bring a, motherfucker, a random motherfucker to your house on Christmas morning. <laughs> so, right. at certain times like that, I don't really celebrate the holidays anyway, to be honest with you. So, that's why it never really mattered to me. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, it's just a, it's just a certain little piece to come. And when I say peace, I'm talking about P-E-A-C-E. Right, not P E, not P I E C. It's a certain little piece that come with being single that 
they just can't be replaced. So I mean, I'm right now. I'm picking boot up because I'm 35 and boot up. If I was 27 and boot up, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But yeah, all right, what, sure. all right. So mine was this. All right, I'm gonna tell y'all this. All right, so what if you're talking to your guy, you're talking to your boy, he in love, he got a fantastic relationship, he can't wait for you to meet his new girl, his fiance, you meet her, and it's somebody that you bust down in a crazy way, way back in the day before y'all knew or any knew nobody. Do you tell him or you keep it to yourself? What's your word, bro? I, me personally, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep or be... <laughs> within myself at peace without telling this individual that, hey man, I gotta tell you something. I I, I would have to say something. And I, I also know that that can be dangerous as far as willing to risk your relationship. But Who's I relationship? also- They relationship or y'all relationship? Yeah, because you know, sometimes <laughs> when you tell people things like that- Oh yeah. It don't turn out to be what you think it's gonna be, which is them saying, and being like, oh, okay, thanks for the information. That's, that's old news. It's always some you hating. Why you do that? We had something good. You try to ruin it. Right. You just don't me. like her. <laughs> and I'm, you know, it, it just turned into a situation that you didn't think it, it would turn into. So I guess I got to risk that because at, at some point, I also don't want to be the, on the end of why the fuck you ain't when they me, break bro. up. She said, and for your information, Fuck your best uh, friend. <laughs> me and Provok used to. Now you really look. Now you really out here looking bad. So I'd rather be honest and deal with the consequences of him being mad at me, or whatever it may be. But I got. I got to let that information off. Man. I can't be holding that shit. No, I swear to God. I mean, you're 100 right, man. I'm. I'm. I'm just kind of. I'm. I'm a, I'm a transparent, authentic kind of dude. Um, one of the big things with me is if, if something happened that I need to take responsibility for, I'm going to overcompensate for it. I'm going to over, I'm going I'm to I'm make sure, I, even if it's close to it, I'm going to say something because I never want nobody to come back to me saying no crazy shit. Because the thing is, if you don't tell them and she do, now you the bad guy. So uh, the thing with me is I got to say something. You know, I got to say something, uh, shit like that. Uh, and the reason why I brought that up, something like that recently happened to me, I said something and it ended up being super smooth with everybody. So, just so y'all know, it ain't always the bad side of the coin. So that's good, and stay true to yourself regardless of what the the outcome may be, because sometimes you don't get to control that. Regardless, nah, <laughs> it's gonna be what it is, anyways. But my number two is uh, what's something you learned about yourself during the pandemic? Something I learned about myself during the pandemic is that I don't like <laughs> people telling me I can't go outside. <laughs> Even if I go outside and I spend too much money or I do some bullshit or I get drunk and can't find my truck, <laughs> I still want to be able to do that on my own. Don't tell me I can't. I remember we was at the bar the other day and they brought you your bill. And me and you both was like, Zim! <laughs> at least we was able to have that. You know, so that's what I found right. out. I don't like being told what to do and not to do as an adult. Right. For me, it was finding out that as much as I consider myself to be an extrovert, I'm an introvert as well. Damn! <laughs> you like you like because you can't go outside? <laughs> Man, it, that piece was just something. Because, some, like, you know, sometimes we don't take the time to sit down and stop and think and, and take that time to ourselves sometimes. We don't do that often. So that the pandemic forced you to do that. 
you know, unfortunately I was, you know, in a situation where I was able, unfortunately I was in a situation where I was able to keep my job and things didn't stop for me in that way. So it just put a damper on your free time and your extra activities that you normally do. So it just allowed me to be to myself and sit with myself and think about things and come up with different ways to, you know, meditate and relax yourself. So I found out I was not minding being an introvert as well. So the first question you told us you want to be single. The second question you told us you want to be an introvert. I don't want to hear no more about the shit about you <laughs> staying in the house. Girl. <laughs> well, they will see you again, nigga. I hate you. He'd be no, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my number two is, man. If uh and, and you know I'm getting old, um getting up in age, and some of my friends go getting up in age. And one of my guys went to the doctor the other day, and they they, they told this motherfucker, <laughs> if you eat any more meat, you might die. <laughs> you need a plant based diet. You eat too much red meat. Your shit, this is fucked up. Your this is fucked up, and you need to not eat meat for at least sixty days. If a motherfucker told you that, bro, what would you eat? To be honest with you, I don't even know. The next time you see me, I'll probably be skinny as hell. Because I, <laughs> I lose. I ain't gonna lie. I've tried so many times to eat healthy. What would you eat? And stick to a regular, like uh, a more healthy diet, mm-hmm. and I just lose my appetite. I literally <laughs> just lose my appetite. It just won't. Eat. <laughs> no, I'm not, I just lose I'm my appetite. It's funny, but it's not funny. Be like, if I can't eat this, then I want to eat shit. <laughs> I just literally, for real, just lose my appetite. So it it'll be tough, but I will eat healthy. But I already guaranteed that I wouldn't be taking in as many calories you, as I'm you taking. You already right now. like salads and shit, like the, like you eat healthy stuff though. Like, I I, and that's just me attempting to do so to try to balance it out because I know how much other shit that I eat that I'm not Damn. supposed to. Eat. <laughs> So I'd be trying to balance it out. But if I just had to do just that, oh, bro, it'd be, yeah, I'd be skinny because I wouldn't be into, I wouldn't be taking in as many calories as I'm supposed to. Nah, and I get so. you, man. And I'm I'm with that too, man. Uh, you know, my brother, he, he 100% vegetarian type, vegan type shit. And I did that for a little while and I realized I actually like food. So I couldn't fuck with the nigga. But if I couldn't eat that, I would try to find a way to, uh, if if y'all listening right now, uh, uh, portobello mushrooms and certain mushrooms and seasoning and certain stuff a certain way and spinach and spinach and mushrooms and all the type of shit is a meat substitute. So if y'all get ever get faced with that, goddamn, uh, ungodly ultimatum, <laughs> and spinach and mushrooms is a good replacement. And they they got a ton of plant based foods out here now that taste just like regular meat. So it's uh, if y'all ever had an Impossible Whopper. That motherfucker ain't got no meat in it, and it tastes just as good as a regular Whopper. So keep that in mind. But let's go, man. What's number three, bro? We only got a little bit of time. No, I got I'm well, on four now. Uh, oh, yeah. My number four is, why do you think women believe men don't listen? Uh, my immediate answer is because sometimes we hear shit. We just don't want to change what we're doing, so we act like we don't hear shit. Right. Okay, that's a simple answer. It's straight to it. <laughs> for me, it's I think history and, and the way we were conditioned was at some point there was not a time that we had to listen to women. No, they just no. had to listen to us. So yeah. th- that's where I go back to to start out with. 
But now it's just that I don't think it's that that we don't listen. It's just that most of the time, the conversation that they're talking about, we realize or we don't see important to us. Right. So it's different. It's not that we're not listening. It's just not important to us. Right. So we don't respond to it in a (laughs) way that they would like to to respond to it. (laughs) You ain't talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's what I believe. And then there is just the plain old simple fact that sometimes we don't. (laughs) We don't listen. And that's just it. But those are the things I contributed to. So. What's your let's, go. let's go. My next one is gender roles. How how big are those in today's relationships? We know, like like you just said, back in the day and in the fifties and sixties and shit like that, gender roles was almost a hundred percent defined and guaranteed, and just it was what it was. Nowadays, in two thousand twenty-two, what, what's your take on gender roles, bro? In relationships, gender roles are the new straw man. What the fuck is a straw man? They don't <laughs> exist. It don't exist. It's a made up subject to argue about because it's a soliloquy. (laughs) Yeah, if you listen to people about what they think gender roles are, it's just to advocate for what they want out of a relationship. It has nothing to do with their true beliefs on what they think gender roles are or them wanting to play that role. Mm -hmm. It just benefits them to understand it and talk about it in that way to get you to comply to what they their demands for what they think a gen, gender role should be. And a lot of time when you hear people talking about gender roles, it's about the other person's role and what they need to be doing. Not about mm. their role. If you right. listen, it's <laughs> about the role you, you should be playing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but the reason why I asked because I saw a meme today and my guy Arthur, shout out to Arthur Hearns. Uh, welcome home, bro. Do big things. Hey, yeah, I posted. Uh, if you sit in the car while your girl uh, pumping gas, I might come over and pull you out the car and beat your ass. I don't know if you're trying to rhyme with the shit or rap. You right. a rapper now? But <laughs> to me, I mean, I'll, like, I I I wouldn't do nothing like that. But I'm just saying, right. like, how significant or how important? Like, I mean, shit, it's your car. No, just what? <laughs> no, but you know, it's simple stuff like that. But then, like you said, it's more complex stuff to it too because. The other day, me and my girl had a uh, conversation, and I said, like, man, you know, I feel like you might need to do more around the house or whatever. And this nigga goes, ah, she's going to go take the garbage out. <laughs> like, who told you to do that? It's not even garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> so I just be looking at Ginger Rose, like, is that something real? Like, are we overestimating or underestimating? Like, does that still exist? But you answered the question in a, in a, a very prolific way. But in your life, like when you when you when you was booed up and you was married and all this cute shit with the big houses, did y'all have the very defined uh, gender roles? Not necessarily in, in that in that way. I think just due to my independence and how I was raised to be, uh, to be a tidy person and to take care of shit in the household. I know how to cook, clean, and do all the things that women. Come on, let's to talk do. about it. My I do guy. my own. I do my, my own laundry. With or without you, dog. So <laughs> with or without it, you, dog. <laughs> I took out the, I did the the manly stuff. I, I shoveled. I I did all of that. I took out the garbage, Cut but the I was grass, also capable. Nigga, of, the hill, nigga. <laughs> I was capable of doing all the other stuff too, because that's what I do. But grocery shop, all all of that stuff. Like so, it wasn't for me personally. It's not one of those things to where I, I can say 
it's a big deal to me. It's not a deal breaker. Put it that way. It's nah. definitely not a deal breaker for me. Nah, man. And I think that's and, because and, as, as, as however, adult black males, nigga, we could do everything. And <laughs> gender roles, and I think a lot of the gender roles that you hear about in today's society is attached to whether somebody gets to define you as a gentleman or not. Yeah. If it's they not attached to if it's not attached to you being a gentleman, they don't give a fuck about those gender roles. God damn. Because again, <laughs> those roles don't have nothing to do with you providing a service to them. Now, if that role right. has something to do with not providing a service to them, now when you when you listen to the next person you ask that question to and you ask them about gender roles, listen to how many of those roles that they talk about that has something to do with them getting a the service from it. And listen right. to the ones that you will never hear the ones that they don't benefit from. You'll never hear they them say some shit. Th- it's not even a part of the conversation when it comes to gender roles. They won't even bring it up. So that's where, it, <laughs> for me, that's what my mind goes to. It's like, oh, so, okay, okay, I got you. Makes sense. So, but that's that's just how I look at it. And then sometimes no. my brain just be going on that, but. No, let's get these last two. So we in the two minutes drill right now. Shout out to Josh Allen. If y'all motherfuckers would have kicked the ball to them and made them run a little bit, y'all probably could be in the Super Bowl. But yeah. y'all not gonna be because y'all got a touchback. We in the two minutes drill. We got one more. Uh, so wait, that was mine. So where's yeah. yours at? This so my last, so then my last one. Let's get to it. If you can play the role of a ghost of a young person's <laughs> future, what would you take them to show? What would you show them? What would you take them to show to help them have a better future? All I would do is you get out of life what you put in a life. You don't put no work in. You ain't getting nothing out of it. I think that's been lost. I think all the people that still talk about that looked at as they looked at as annoying as dinosaurs and people that want to preach to people. But at the end of the day, I lived a lot. I've done a lot. I'm in my 40s. I've seen a lot. And I know that what you put into something is what you're going to get out of it, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's a, a, a vlog or a video, whatever the fuck it is. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. That is the ghost of future past for all these young folks out here because they really want to get something that they're not really willing to commit the time to. And it's unfortunate. And they, by the time they learn, it's too late. They missed their window. Let's go. Yep. If I was the ghost of a young person's future, I would take them to go see their friends and the conversations that their friends are having about them while they're not there <clears throat> to show them that what you thought it was this ain't that <laughs> so wow. while you over here talking about you went snitch on your homies and your homies loyal and y'all best friends and y'all do everything together and they would never do you like that wow. i want to show you that that's not always the case and that what you think people think about you and what they say about you in front of other people and it ain't always what you think it is so that's what i was showing and that's i think it's it's needed because our youth right now is susceptible to being around individuals that they shouldn't be around even if it's, even if they know it's an unhealthy relationship, they tend to linger know, around, just hang with those individuals regardless of what the situation is. So, I would definitely show them that. But we definitely got this hot ten off. Um, Want to thank all the listeners for listening for the wrong and right reason. We appreciate y'all for joining us tonight. Another great Monday in the books, episode sixty. It's your boy Provoc, the EC affiliate, into my far right. I'm Showtime, man. The next time we see y'all and hear y'all, we're going to be in season three. So let's get it. Absolutely. You already know how we like to end things. Hear, see, and feel the movement. Bless up.
Hey, you played the clock well tonight, my guy. We got 40 <laughs> seconds now. <laughs> All right, peace, man. Have a good night, dude. All right, peace. Peace.